Welcome back to another episode of Fig and Farm at Home. I'm so glad you're here today as I was putting away Halloween decorations and sneaking a piece of candy or two from the Halloween candy bin. <laughs> Am I the only one? I have a feeling not. But as I was sneaking a piece or two from the Halloween candy bin, it made me think we have three weekends until Thanksgiving. If you're in the U.S., if you're in the States, we are officially in the holiday season. Three weeks from now-ish, we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. That means three weeks from now, we're probably going to be a little bit busier than we normally are and busier yet if we are hosting. So if that is you, if you are hosting this year, today's episode is for you because we have three weekends. And as I keep saying that, I'm not wanting to stress you out. I'm actually wanting to give you some strategies for how to use these weekends to plan well, to prep well, so that you can do what you can now in order to alleviate that last minute, that last week of hustle and bustle and stress, so that you really can enter the holiday with a feeling of gratitude, so that you can really enter the holiday feeling thankful for the people who are with you, the things that you are able to provide for them, and just the blessing of being together. Of course, we all know that every once in a while, you enter these holidays and sometimes those feelings aren't there. Sometimes the feelings of resentment or bitterness or sadness or anger or fed upness at that last political conversation that you just had and you don't want to repeat come to surface. And as much as I would love to help you with all of that, I don't know that I can, but I can help you prep for, I can help you prep in a way that alleviates some of that hustle and bustle, some of that hustle and bustle that just really bogs us down at the very end. So grab a notebook, grab a pen, and forgive my voice in this episode because I am just getting over a little cold, my first cold of the school year. All right, enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. If you're listening inside of the United States, in a few weeks, we have Thanksgiving. And right after Thanksgiving, we hustle right into Christmas. If you're not in the U.S., you can still use the same strategies if you're planning and hosting another big event. Maybe you're hosting grandma's 90th birthday party. Maybe you're hosting Easter. Maybe you are just having a weekend celebration for the first big fish of the season. I don't know. Whatever it is, you are hosting and you're planning a bigger event than normal. 
You can use these strategies in order to alleviate some of the stress that usually comes at the last minute. That stress that if we really think about it, we can do ahead of time, but oftentimes we don't. But this year, we're being proactive. As Thanksgiving is approaching three weeks from now, you have three weekends. So how are we going to use those three weekends? I have three tips for you so that you can really spend that last week enjoying the holiday, enjoying the intent of the holiday, maybe being able to free up enough time because you have been proactive with how you've spent your time leading up to that event, that you can go to the school event at your kiddo's school. Maybe. Maybe you can even go and volunteer some time at the local food bank to give back to the community. Whatever it is, these strategies are meant to to enable you to enter into the holiday season, enter into Thanksgiving in this case, really well with a heart full of gratitude rather than a heart that has been overwhelmed. So I'm breaking these down into three tips because we have three weekends. Tip number one, get your house ready. We already know you're hosting, but are you hosting more than the dinner? Are you hosting the day before or maybe the brunch after your early morning shopping trip the day after? Are you hosting people over the course of the weekend? Will they be staying the night? Whatever it is and however long they're staying, chances are you're going to need to clean your house. And I have a feeling that unless you have A, a cleaning service, or B, a really dynamite systematic cleaning routine, you are probably between now and then going to need to deep clean your home because mother-in-law's coming or maybe sister-in-law who is super, super, super tidy and you always get self-conscious every time she comes in because her house never compares to yours. Maybe you're hosting someone as a guest who's never been to your home before and you wanna put your very best foot forward. Whatever it is, you are probably going to need to clean at a deeper level than you would have otherwise. So this weekend, this weekend, we're getting the house ready. We are deep cleaning our home. Yep, you heard me. Three weeks before the big event, we're going to clean it. Why would we do that? We're going to do that because if you can deep clean it this weekend, you're not going to do it the night before you have to put the turkey in. (laughs) We're not going to want to wipe the baseboards the morning you are making your pumpkin pie. You're not going to want to do that. And you're definitely not going to want to have to yell at your kids who are not pulling their weight because you've been doing it all and all and all for the last week. We're going to alleviate as much of the burden, as much of the stress, as much of the workload as we can now. And what that means is we're going to do the heavy hitting cleaning this weekend, whatever that looks like for you. If you're hosting someone that's staying overnight, deep clean the guest room and all the bathrooms and all the baseboards and all the nooks and crannies that we know that Aunt Mildred is going to check because she's always checked after that one time she came to your house and said, your house needs to be dusted. Yep, we're going to do all that. If you do all of that, I want you to make sure that you then write the list, the list of what needs to be done in order to keep it up between now and then. Now, this doesn't mean that if you mop this weekend, you're free and clear right before the big event. It doesn't. We know that we need to redo the floors. We know that we need to vacuum the floors, sweep the floors, take out the trash. We know that we need to make sure that the toilet bowl is clean. All of that is going to happen anyway, but what we don't want is to have to get our house back to company ready the day before or two days before hosting and cooking for so many people. 
We want to do that as much ahead of time as we can so that we can maintain for the next couple weeks. And by maintaining, what I mean is making sure that you are delegating. You are making sure that those kiddos who are even teeny tiny to really big are helping with the workload. Your kiddos can wipe around the top of the toilet just as well as you can. They can. If they're two and you don't want them to have a Clorox bleach wipe, awesome. Give them a rag and spray it with Thieves All-Purpose Cleaner. Do it. It's safe enough for them and it gives them a job to do. It doesn't have to be perfect between now and then because we know you. We know that you're going to, the the couple days before, you're going to give it a good wipe down. Not a deep cleaning because we've already done that but you're going to give it a better wipe down than your two-year-old who just helped. Okay, part of this getting your house ready doesn't just mean do the deep cleaning now so that you can maintain the next couple of weeks. It means also to get any linens ready. If you are hosting people over the course of the weekend and they are staying in your, in your home, now is the time to wash any linens, any duvet covers, any sheets, anything that needs to be cleaned for them wash it, set it aside. And if you are one of those people who irons your bedding, okay, A, awesome. (laughs) And B, do that this weekend. Don't wait until the last weekend to do it. Part of getting your house ready too is cleaning up and tidying up after the last event that we just had, the last holiday we just celebrated. Those squishy pumpkins that are sitting on your front porch, this is the weekend to get rid of them. The webbing that you had strewn across your front porch, this is a weekend to get rid of it. Now is the time to change over from Halloween decorations to generic fall decorations, or if you go straight into Thanksgiving and you want your house fully decorated for Christmas, now is the weekend. Get your house ready in as much of the way as you can so that you can alleviate that last weekend. You can make space for that last week to do the things that really put your heart into a place and a space of gratitude. The whole reason we're celebrating in the first place. Step two, or the second weekend leading up to the holiday, it is all about getting your table ready. We already know who's going to be at your table, and now we're going to serve them just a little bit by thinking about their needs as we enter into the holiday season. So think about and ask if there are any food allergies. Are there any special considerations you need to make as you plan and prepare the holiday meal? This is the weekend to double check that. It's also the weekend to start thinking about the menu. Each year, Greg and I like to put a spin on the original dishes. We traditionally have one or two, maybe three menu items that stay the exact same year after year. One of them are the potato rolls that the recipe has been passed down from his grandmother that this just graces our table every year. We plan the menu around that. (laughs) And the other is homemade cranberry sauce passed down from my mom. From there, we we take a spin on absolutely everything. Sometimes we we grill a turkey breast. Sometimes we brine a whole turkey. It depends on what it is we're going to be doing, but we don't necessarily have the same exact menu every Thanksgiving. So we love to pour over and research different options for how we can cook our turkey and how we might prepare our potatoes or which starch we might have. Sometimes I like to prepare my sweet potatoes inside of orange cups. 
carving out the orange in the middle and putting in the sweet potato mixture inside of the orange cup. Being creative in the kitchen is something that really lights Greg and I up. Being creative in the kitchen and taking safe risks in that way is a way that we love to serve our guests. And if that's something that you want to try, if you want to break free from that traditional menu, or even not, if you just need to think about the menu and make sure you know what appetizers you're going to create, as well as what desserts you're going to create, this is a weekend for that. This is also the weekend to respond to any of the guests that you've invited who have said, what can I bring? As you're planning the menu, this is the weekend to respond to them so that they have plenty of time to prepare, to order their groceries, to cook, whatever it is, so that they're not waiting till the last minute. This is also the weekend to think about not only what goes on your table, but what goes around your table. Where are people sitting? Do you have enough seats at the table that you currently have, or do you need to pull out the extra seating in the garage? Do you need to borrow a table and chairs? And if you need to borrow a table and chairs, now is the weekend to make those arrangements. Even if you don't pick them up this weekend, making the arrangements for when you can should happen this weekend to alleviate that one last step. And if you can pick up the table and chairs that you're borrowing this weekend, bonus, get them picked up, tucked away into the garage so that you have them ready when the when the time comes to set them out. Now is the time to think about who is sitting where. If you know that Aunt Betsy is a kid at heart and would hate sitting at the adult table but would rather sit at the the kid table, make sure that you have your seating chart ready. If you don't do a seating chart, if you don't have enough as many people as would need a seating chart, or if you want to just be fancy and formal for your holiday meal, create the seating chart and any of the place cards that would indicate where the guests are sitting. This is also the weekend to make sure that you have all table linens washed and ironed and ready to go. And if you missed the deep cleaning last weekend, now is the time to deep clean your kitchen table, the dining table, the tables even that you're borrowing from the friend. Give them a good wipe down now so that you're giving them a nice wipe down beforehand, but not as deep of a clean. I know for me in my house, I have three chairs that always seem to collect just a little bit more stick than the others. So now would be the weekend for me to really get out the soap and the water and scrub those chairs down. I'll be surprised at how brown that water is going to be at the end, but I'll be thankful that I did it. So that in two weeks time, when Thanksgiving is approaching, I can give them just a cursory wipe down because the real work has already been done. This is also the weekend to think about what it is you're going to use as your serving ware. Do you have enough platters and bowls and serving utensils? I like to get out the serving ware that I'm going to be using. I'll make the list of my menu items and then I'll gather all of the serving utensils and the serving bowls or platters that I would use in order to present them on the table. If I don't have enough, if I don't have the bowl for the mashed potatoes or the platter for the turkey, this is a weekend to go and purchase those. If I'm missing a few serving utensils, this is a weekend to make sure that you have them. And if I'm spying all of those beautiful tablescape pictures on Pinterest and I'm wanting to create one for my own table, this is the weekend for me to plan how it is I'm going to lay that out. I'm going to gather items that I have around my house. I'm going to maybe even practice how I can create that beautiful tablescape that looks functional and beautiful. If you have been wanting to learn how to create a beautiful tablescape for Thanksgiving or your Christmas celebration, maybe even a birthday or grandpa's retirement, 
and you're wanting to learn how you can create a tablescape that is not only beautiful, but functional as well, that complements all of the hard work you're putting into the kitchen in the preparation for the food. And now you want to present it in such a way that is inviting and and cozy and comfortable and beautiful for your guests. If you have been wanting to learn how to do that, I invite you to register for a tablescape workshop I'm hosting on November 13th. This is a one hour virtual workshop where I teach you the how to of creating a tablescape that wows. You have already worked so hard in creating the menu and creating the food and prepping all of the things And now sometimes our presentation is a little lackluster when we put it on the table, but it doesn't have to be. So if you're curious and you want to learn how you can create a beautiful tablescape that complements your beautiful and wonderful menu, I invite you to come join us over in the, in the workshop. It's just one hour and I walk you through how to create the foundation, how to use things that you already have, how to know what it is that you need in order to add the layers and depth that make these tables look so warm and rich and inviting. And I leave you with a checklist of how you can make sure that you have all of the items for you, as well as the step-by-step guide for how to do it on your own once class is over. So if you're interested in checking that out, I invite you to come over and register at bit.ly forward slash fig and farm holiday table. The link will be in the show note and I encourage you to come and join. If you're not able to join us in this live workshop, that's okay. You can, you can still register and you will still get the replay of the of the class, you'll get the checklist of the items that you need and the step-by-step guide for how it is you can put it all together. So go ahead and grab that if you're curious of how you can create a beautiful tablescape that complements the delicious menu that you're already working so hard to create. Registration for the workshop closes November 11th. Now that we've worked so hard the two weekends prior to Thanksgiving, we've worked hard getting our home ready, we've worked hard getting our table ready. The last weekend before the main event before Thanksgiving, before we host people in our home, is to get our hearts ready. And realistically, this is something that we should be working on all the time, right? It's something that shouldn't just be saved for the one week before hosting people in our home that we might, that might rub us just a little bit differently. That might be a little bit more of an EGR. Do you know that term? The, the extra grace required. We all have them, And sometimes they even cohabitate with us. Sometimes they not necessarily, they don't necessarily live under the same roof, but they visit during the holidays. And we want to extend grace to them in a way that they deserve, in a way that might be hard for us to do that. So we have worked so hard the two weekends prior in order to do the physical stuff so that we're not so burdened and worn down by the work so that we can prep our hearts for extending gratitude and grace and love to the people we are sharing our space with. And this doesn't mean that every person we're inviting is someone we butt heads with. That's not what I mean. But sometimes when you're working so hard and you've, you expend all of that energy in the preparation for the event, that you can sometimes lose the energy that might need to be used for the people who require just a little bit of extra grace. When you're working so hard that week prior to the big event and you haven't allowed yourself to space all of that work out, sometimes it can become too much. And the reserves, the patience reserves that you have stored up during normal times get used. 
And so when, when people who are EGRs or things that are EGRs, events that are, that require just a little bit of extra grace pop onto your radar as you're getting ready to do something a little bigger than you normally do, do something a little bit out of routine that you normally do, host people that you normally don't, sometimes that grace is gone and that can happen with things too. So imagine this scenario, you have worked so hard creating this beautiful table, you've worked hard to create the menu, you've gone shopping, you've done the house cleaning, and you have worked, you've done all of that, you saved it all for the very last week, maybe even the very last couple days, because you've said, I'm taking my time off, I'm going to spend three days cooking and cleaning and getting house ready. And you've done that, but you've been working so incredibly hard. And as you're working, you're boiling the potatoes and you're making the pie and your kiddos are wanting to know how they can help. And they're really wanting to taste test that delicious thing. And they keep saying, but why mommy? But why mommy? But why mommy? And you get just a little bit flustered. You create inadvertently a space where sometimes leaving it all to the very end can create an environment of just a little bit more stress then it's fun. You out, you out tip that balance of this event that should be surrounded with love and gratitude and grace and warmth and thanksgiving, quite literally. It's now surrounded with this bubble of frustration and overwhelm and disappointment and bitterness and negativity. And if we can eliminate any of that, we can spend the last weekend in a place of gratitude and preparation and a space where we can really create that sense of thanksgiving. If you do have people coming over or you do have situations that you know are going to be that extra grace required that I totally suck at making turkeys and I know I am going to need a little bit of help or a little bit of time or a little bit of whatever, whatever you need talks with your mom on the phone, whatever it is, you know, you, your mindset around making that turkey is so negative. (laughs) Or the last time you talked with Uncle Albert about the price of gas and (laughs) it just got heated or whatever, you know that you don't necessarily want that repeated. You can sit with those situations, with the anticipation of those things that you might be a little bit worried about, a little bit stressed about, a little bit not looking forward to, and you can, you can do some mindful work. You can pray about those situations. You can think about how Uncle Albert might have gotten you frustrated over the price of gas, but what are Uncle Albert's wonderful qualities? You can think about the way that Uncle Albert used to give you candy when he was, when you were teeny tiny and visiting his farm or whatever it is. But the idea that you are not sitting in the anticipation of the negativity, but replacing that with thoughtfulness and mindfulness of what is to come. Excited anticipation, joyful and thankful hearts that are really delighting in the event that you are creating for your guests and the people that you're sharing your space with. When you name and identify the negative anticipation, the thing that you are most dreading or worrying about or fretting over, and you name it, you bring it into the light, it loses its power and it loses its strength. And if you do that in a week where you aren't bogged down by so many preparatory activities, so many busy activities that are keeping your mind focused on the to-do list, rather than the people you are doing for, you can enter into 
the holiday, the event with a more thankful heart, with more gratitude to give, with more grace to give, with more love to share. So I encourage you as you anticipate the holiday season, whether it is Thanksgiving or it is Christmas or it is New Year's or maybe even a birthday party in July, as you anticipate the big event that you are working so hard for other people for so that they can have a wonderful time at, I hope that you can use these strategies in order to alleviate some of the to-do list that inevitably gets left to the last minute. And if part of that preparation is creating a beautiful tablescape for your company to enjoy, I encourage you to come join me in the, in the live workshop on November 13th. I'll see you in class. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.